Warning, Deconstructing the Disobedient Filipino has touched upon light mentions of police brutality, domestic abuse, and PTSD as part of the issues discussed in the episode. Discretion is advised. Good day to two babies, public health advocates and listeners. Welcome to our very first podcast entitled The Laan Line. This is also the third installment of this year's Usapan series, wherein we explore and tackle socially relevant public health-related issues that challenge the conventional views of health. That's right, Rina. Usapan with a capital PH stands for Public Health because in Project Laan, we advocate for public health, health literacy, and patient empowerment especially for those who belong to the most vulnerable communities. Just to give a bit of background, Usapan is a series of talks that seeks to integrate interdisciplinary lenses in public health discourse and sustain conversations regarding socially relevant public health topics by providing platforms for social learning and expressing viewpoints. Alright, so for those of you who are unfamiliar with the org, Project Laan is one of the sectoral organizations in the Ateneo de Manila University that focuses on helping people realize and advocate for their right to health. In Project Laan, we envision a society where every Filipino, especially the vulnerable and the impoverished, have a depth knowledge on public health and are empowered to make informed and appropriate health decisions. Now before we begin, the Laan Line would like to extend its acknowledgements to our sponsor, Brianna Cosmetics. Any lip product is a good product in my book. Go check them out while you listen to us. Now to introduce ourselves, I am Faye. And I am Harina. And for this premiere of the Laan Line's first episode, we will be your hosts. Okay, so today we will be discussing the behavioral sciences aspect of public health by debunking the notion of the disobedient Filipino during the pandemic and then also understanding the severity of the situation that we happen to be in and also looking into how this has affected Filipinos so far. This podcast will also be looking into related public health issues that have happened in the past year. That's right, so please sit back, relax, maybe grab a snack, but most importantly, stay on the line. Aren't you tired of staying at home almost every day already, Rina? I'm honestly getting really, really, really bored and I'm slowly running out of things to do. I'm afraid that I am also tired of it as well, Faye. <laughs> I know that we need to stay inside and everything, but I really can't help it when I'm tempted to go out. I just miss the outside world. I know, right? I miss going to the cinema and having random chica with my friends. I miss going to amusement parks. I even miss going to school. Yeah, you know, I thought it would be a good break from school, but I was wrong. Uh, even if school seemed like a handful during face-to-face classes, I still miss the campus, the people, and just everything about it. You know, Rina, I get how you're feeling about the temptation of wanting to go outside, especially since we are already more than a year into lockdown. Honestly, it gets really, really, really draining. It is absolutely draining. However, we do choose to go outside. Some people might call us out, or, well, some people will call us out, indeed. Well, with today's episode, instead of answering the question of why we should remain at home, it will instead focus on the factors as to why we 
can't stay at home, especially in the current situation of the country today. That's right. And in order for us to know the answers to that question, we are joined by a very special guest speaker for this episode. Let's give a warm welcome to Miss Athena Presto. And hello, yes, how are you today? We are going to get into the interview proper. So, uh, first off, regarding the disobedient Filipino, let's start off with this question. Many high-profile figures, such as celebrities and influencers like Sila Kat Arambulo or Brianna Rubia, have made statements expressing their dissatisfaction and frustration with people who just don't stay at home. Like, you know, when they go off like... You know, why can't you just stay at home, you know, right? So do you find that this indicates anything about how people in these positions frame or perceive them? Yeah, actually, um, and, and Faye, no? the fact that you're bored, and all of us are really bored. And we are now more than a year into the lockdown. A lot of us are feeling different pandemic fatigue and also the Zoom fatigue and also the hardships of pandemic like life, like remote teaching, remote learning, remote hangouts with friends tomorrow, um, you know, weekends, you don't get to have them anymore with, with, with friends, you don't have, you don't get to spend them anymore with people that we love, um, doing the things that we used to do. So it's really frustrating. So of course, those statements are coming from somewhere. They are coming mm-hmm. from frustrations. Um, but just to contextualize these frustrations, which are of course valid, these frustrations yeah, are course. from a very privileged point of view, right? And, um, these frustrations would be very different from the equally valid frustrations of people who do not have the same background. Like if, if you put yourself in the shoes of someone who just um, got laid off from work uh, because you work in a restaurant, now a customer, that's why your employer had to let you go, then your frustrations would be very different. You would have to go out and look for another job. You would, your, your frustration would include how you are go- going to feed your family. Your frustration would include how you're going to, to purchase face masks and face shields and, and all of these um, medical necessities that are now being highlighted by the pandemic. So it's just it it just all boils down to the differences in our social positionality. So our social positionality um you know renders us differently vulnerable in this pandemic. So if you're kind of, if you are from the privileged um you know sector of the population, um these are your feelings, you don't get to hang out and to and to and to go out and you want this pandemic to be over already and you are being angry with people who are you know going out. Diba? So yun yung pinagyayari dun kinakat Arambolo and kinamisinubia. Parang they're calling people out for, for, for going out. But then, can you also acknowledge the need to just find employment and, 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 and find avenues by which to purchase and to earn a living during this pandemic? Yun yung hindi natin acknowledge But I would also have to caution that, you know, the backlash that Kat and, 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 and Miss Rubia got um, also need to be contextualized, right? So a lot of people are calling them the pobre, Of course, the statement lacks a lot of contextualization on the hardships of the impoverished during this pandemic. But it would benefit us more if the way that we call them out was to provide them with more context instead of just calling them names, right? So um, at the end of the day, we just have to take each other's context into consideration. Of course, the privileged has more time and leeway to, to take note of the needs of others. So in that aspect, mas marami sila responsibilidad. But it doesn't mean that other people would be free to call them names and would be free to just insult them point blank. 
Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the following when Miss Ash said that we all have different atmospheres. Uh, Remember that time when, like, Vanessa and Hudson started because Coachella was cancelled? Like, she was like, people are gonna die. People yeah. are going to die. I respect that. Sabi niya. <laughs> yeah. You are. Shut up. Actually, now that I think back on it, lots of, like, the statements that I've heard from these types of uh, people, like celebrities, when they they seem to... There's a word for this. It's like, it kind of seems to just like pass through. Even if they have all these things to say and you understand where they're coming from, it doesn't necessarily change anything about the situation that those who do happen to not have the capacity to stay at home end up um, going through, if you will. Since we touched on the topic now of staying at home and how there are different circumstances of staying at home and how some people really can't do it, what do you think are the negative effects of staying in one's home for more than a year? Will this affect any future generations? And if so, how? Certainly, um, being you know forced and demanded to stay at home would, eff- would affect not only future generations, but also the generations that we belong to, <laughs> the, the, the generations that our parents and gar- grandparents belong to. Just a few moments or just a few weeks into the lockdown, a lot of issues are already ba- being highlighted, right, by 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 people being forced to stay at home first of course you have um domestic violence and domestic abuse which for the longest time has been compromising safety and well-being especially of women and um of gender minorities so um domestic abuse has been labeled as a shadow pandemic worldwide which also ha- has been exacerbated by um, the lockdown. Um, aside from that, we are now finding out really the concept. We are now re-examining the concept of family. Um, of course, you are aware that a lot of people have not been locked down along with their family. So I, for example, um, is one of them. So I locked down dorm, UP Diliman. And I had to stay there for four months, and I I got to hang out with my um dorm mates. Na nakalakdown talaga kami doon sa sa dorm, and you know, we got to find um a family out of each other. We got to find a a whole new sisterhood, form new bonds, and realize really that family is what you make of it, right? So um as 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 um compared to the rigid um, definition that we have of family, which got highlighted also by the pandemic, you know, the Ayuda, the social amelioration program, the uh, quarantine passes were being distributed per household. And the definition of household was very traditional, mother, father, children. If meron kang grandparents, yun, only passing, for example, was the LG, was the only local government unit that acknowledged same-sex couples in their aid program. So aside from that, so I've, I've mentioned already two, yung domestic abuse, yung definition of family. Third, ay yung practices. Kung noon, hindi mo kailangang mag-sanitize if you just touch your doorknob. Ngayon, kailangan eh. Doorknob, desks, your your phones, your, your laptops. Of course, this should be part of hygiene, but it's being highlighted. And just to tie it up with the with the first answer, ito lahat ng ito ay nakaatang um, sa traditional social role ng babae na mas prone to abuse dahil dun sa lockdown. Now, as regards to the question of how it's going to affect future generations, um, lahat ng mga buntis, lahat, lahat, oh, 
everybody um, na buntis nung panahon ng lockdown, nanganak na ngayon. Yung mga bata na one year old, na one year old nung panahon ng ng March 2020, ngayon ay two years old na sila. And um, my nephew, uh, ngayon, kapag may pupuntahan kami because here in Ilocos, I'm now here in Ilocos, uh, makakonto yung kasa namin dito. So right now, in my city, we only have one active case. So mas maluwag yung quarantine um, protocols dito. So kapag lalabas kami, hindi na siya pwedeng lumabas pag walang face mask. Siya na yung mismo mag-aramay na oh, face mask, ganyan. And two years old lang siya, ha? Tapos pag may nakita siya naka-face mask, sasabihin niya, saan ka pupunta? Anon. And and that's really a very different kind of behavior. Diba? As, as opposed to when you guys were two-year-olds. Na yun naman kayo nagkataro, saka pumunta ba may naka-face mask or naghahanap ng face mask or nag-carry with you ng alcohol. Okay? So, of course, we don't know yet. Kasi hindi naman ito yung first pandemic na nakita, na nakita natin sa kasisayan ng Pilipinas in our lifetime. Marami na tayong mga naranasang mga public health crisis. Like we have the SARS back in the early 2000s. Um, now we have COVID-19. The SARS did not drastically change the way that we interacted with each other. But of course, the effects that SARS um, had is very different from the effects that we are now seeing in this COVID-19 pandemic. So just, you know, a disclaimer lang that all of the things that we are talking about in terms of how it's going to affect future generations are based on, you know, conjectures and guesses um, na mas epektibo at mas makikita natin in the short run. But in the long run, hindi natin alam kasi we don't even understand how the virus is working. When the, vi- when the pandemic uh, was was initially announced or was initially, when, when, when the alarm on the pandemic was initially sounded, akala natin, two to three years pa bago tayo magkabahuna. Pero hindi, one year on, may bakuna na tayo. Ang, pro- mas, ang problema pala, yung pag-roll out. Diba? So, noong una, ang pinaka-problema natin, oh, how, how are we going to to create the vaccine? Pero ngayon, nakikita natin, actually, the problem is not on creation. Kaya natin yan. Our, uh, um, in terms of, of technology and scientific, scientific advancement, we have never been ready. We have never been more ready, I should say, to tackle this pandemic. So, nakikita natin, hindi pala siya more on the social, more on the scientific uh, technological advancement of the earth, pero yung pag-roll out. Okay? So, ang pinag-uusapan pa rin natin ngayon sa Pilipinas, how to wear a mask, um, the, in the recent presidential address, sabi ni Duterte, kailangan ng arrestuhin yung mga tao mali yung pagsuot ng mask. Dapat nung una pa lang yan natapos. How about vaccine rollout? How about people jumping lines? Um, how about us... Um, dun sa mga ibang probinsya. Kasi here in Vigan, we, have, we haven't been vaccinating aggressively. Um, our frontliners have not been vaccinated. Our seniors, none of our seniors here in Vigan City have, have, have been vaccinated. So, ang hirap niya. Okay? So again, um, it's surely going to affect future generations, although we can um say you know more accurate things about you know the near future as opposed to yung mas 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 long term effect niya kasi napakaraming napakaraming public health crisis in the past eh depende yan dun sa mag yung effect niya depende yan dun sa kung ano yung mangyayari pa at developing pa lang tong ganitong klase public health crisis especially kasi parang hindi naman na natatapos ay, hindi naman na tayo nakaka kuha ng stable footing sa Pilipinas because of our botched pandemic governance. 
Actually, now that you mention it, like there's just so many like points to jump off from here. Um, let's see. Actually, I, re- I remember hearing like those COVID babies, they end up like having or facing greater difficulties in learning how to socialize in the future. But I'm going to, so, uh, what are your thoughts on that? And, um, moreover, there's also the whole uh, vaccine rollouts. I definitely agree with you. And I've heard that, um, there's, there's also cases of like in, you know, people do show up to the centers for vaccination, right? But often, you know, it indicates that the demand for vaccines or vac- or to be vaccinated is high, pero hindi lang talaga kaya ng gobyerno so far or they haven't been able to distribute it as properly. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, una dun sa socialization, uh, actually that's very true kasi in sociology, we have what we call the socialization process and we recognize that, you know, people who have huge, huge influence on the way that you behave or 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 on the norms and on your sense of right and wrong would be very, would, would very much depend on the people that you will look up to when you are young. So, of course, your parents are there, your teachers are there. Um, even el- older um, playmates are there to tell you that all oh, this how you should play the game. Wag kang mandaya. Sila yung unang magtuturo sa yun eh. Pero how an- anong mangyari dito kung if you're locked um inside your house with only your parents um telling you this and this and that. Of course, there's gonna be a problem with that. But but I would caution that that the 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 effect would very much deeper differ. I should say on on. No, our social positionality. So, um, again, I'm going to use my nephew as an example here okay. in Iloc, because we have very low cases, talaga. So, and we only we live in a compound. Like our houses are very near my our house is very near my tita's house. So, yung 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 bahay ng nephew ko sobrang lapit lang. So, the way that you know he was behaving before pandemic, it's just the same way that he is behaving. Now, kasi nakakapag-interact pa rin naman siya sa mga tao. Pero I guess in in areas where talagang kailangan na kailangan mong, ano yun, andun yung, yung bata. Of course, mahirap siya. And we see posts on social media of parents saying na their children have not been performing well in their studies kasi nalulungkot sila, specifically yung mga bata. Na kasi ang, ang purpose talaga ng education pag bata ka is just to set, you know, social norms. It's not to make you 100% academically excellent. Hindi, it's to set you up for for future learning. So, ma-importan ma, 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 na talaga yung may may kaibigan ka nakakapaglaro kayo hindi yun naka, hindi yun namimit sa remote setup tapos um ang ginawa pa nung um ibang mga elementary classes ay bigla silang sinafall ng classes so hindi hindi mo kakilala yung mga klase mo hindi mo pwedeng sabihin oh ayan kakilala ko yan last year so it's easier for you to connect with your classmate in a remote set in a remote setup but what if shuffled na nga yung class online pa wala kang magiging friend mismo na yung friend mo hindi mo nakikita mo lang siya sa screen hindi mo naiintindihan fully kung anong nangyayari mahirap yun for 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 kids of course although ang hirap din talagang sabihin for sure kung ano magiging effect Mm-hmm. makakapagbigay lang tayo ng mga examples kung ano nangyayari na at kung ano yung pwede nangyayari in the near future pero long term mas may hesitation akong magbigay ng definite answer 
Okay. May isa pa kanina kang nabanggit, Rina. Ah, oh, sige. Ano po yun? <laughs> Parang, di ba, nabanggit mo yung sa socialization of children. Uh-huh. Ah, tapos yung sa vaccine. Ah, yeah. I was, I, I was talking with a friend um, last night lang. Tapos, meron siya ina-apply ang trabaho sa Singapore. Mm, okay. Pero, sabi niya, may hirapan siya kasi bakunado na siya. Um, ng Sinovac, but but Singapore's uh, vaccine passport is only recognized in either Pfizer or Moderna. Mm-hmm. So, for you to be able to travel there and to work there, you need to get re-vaccinated. So, pwede ka naman magpa-revaccinate after six months. That's what she said. So, makapar-revaccinate siya ng Moderna or Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we can't also, um, of course, set aside the politics of it all. The, the different countries' preferences and and these are the preferences of of these certain countries because these are its linkages with um its international partners or its international mm-hmm. allies. Dito siya naglilin towards it, its foreign policy. Yung mga ganyan. Of sa Pilipinas, it's obvious ano yung, ano yung vaccine of choice natin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, alright. Yeah, let's like move on. So, how do you feel when Filipinos are being labeled as pasaway or ayan nga, um, or disobedient during the pandemic? Oh, that's a complicated question actually because <laughs> on the other hand, that's not unexpected. So, we have been using that mm-hmm. kind of narrative of citizen blaming for the longest time. I mean, Pilipino mga tamad, mga, walang, mga walang ginawa, mga utak tarang ka, mga Filipino time. So, these are the narratives of, of of Filipinos that we have been hearing for the longest time. So, nagkakaroon lang siya ng different variations. So, ang pandemic variation niya, ng mga Pilipino pasaway, labas ng labas. Ng mga Pilipino hindi marunong sumunod sa batas. Diba? So, it's not unexpected. But also, it's really unfortunate and frustrating to see that it's, it's you know, being highlighted pa. It's being recognized. First, to hide government incompetence, to make government officials, you know, um, escape accountability for not mm-hmm. performing the bare minimum, not even meeting the bare minimum in pandemic response. Uh, second is to, you know, put into individual people's shoulders. Eh, the burden of um, surviving this pandemic. So, sinasabing nila, oh, we are excellent. We are, of course, we are. That's that's that's, that's the exact word that we heard from the spokesperson, from from the presidential spokesperson. Now, we are doing ex- an, an excellent job. And sinasabing nila, in the first place, kaya naman talaga dapat yung ano responsibility, may responsibility dyan. Dapat kaya pa yung magstay at home, magugas ng kamay, magtakas ng social distancing. Na not not once did you hear, for example, the president address the nation um, taking into account the different contexts by which people can practice social distancing and by which people can really stay at home. Napakarami nang address mm. ni Duterte. Ang taga-tagla ng pandemia. Never, not once, pa niyang binanggit yung fact na nahihirapan yung mga babae mag-avail ng, uh, ng sexual and reproductive health and rights nila like contraception. Uh, nahihirapan silang mag-report pag sila ay minamaltato ng mga kasama nila sa bahay. At na- ang hirap mag-stay at home pag ganun ka talaga. So not once also did he provide uh, a comprehensive and even an understandable you know policy and an outline of how he is going to address unemployment and the largest ever economic recession dun sa, dun sa post-World War history ng Pilipinas. 
wala. Hindi ka, wala ka nahihitang ganyan. Okay? So, summary lang, it's not unexpected. It plays into the larger context of citizen blaming and self-castigating um you know, culture of, of, of Philippine governance. But it's still very frustrating because it gets really, you know, highlighted and emphasized and weaponized to excuse the government in its inefficiency and also to put in individual people's shoulders the, bend- the, the burden of pandemic response. Okay, actually, I wanted to ask Lang, uh, when you say uh, self-castigating, um, when you say that like Philippine governance is characterized as talagang self-castigating, um, well, what would you mean by that? Or rather, could you give like more examples, if you will? Like aside from like in the pandemic. And I also noticed that like, uh, I think, uh, would you say na parang if your issue with how the label of pasaway or disobedient is being used is also a matter of visibility amongst other groups or sectors in the Philippines? Right. So, um, well, we have a more sociological term for self-classificating. It's self-flagellating. Mm, so, um, if you like, if you like read on, if you read a lot of, you know, social media posts, laging uh, nila something along the lines of, ang Pilipino kasi, ang Pilipino kasi, utak talang ha, mga Pilipino talaga, mga gahaman. So, I can only think one as, as, as a relevant and update example the phenomenon of community pantry. So the community pantry started um, mushrooming in different parts of the Philippines. Ang, la- ang unang tanong dyan, eh, hala, ano gagawin natin dun sa mga abusado? Ano gagawin natin dun sa mga taong kukuha ng napakarami? And that was, it's very interesting and very telling to see that that was the first question that people asked. We didn't ask if, oh, ala, uh, paano natin paprotektahan yung mga organizers para hindi sila maretta? We didn't ask, oh, ala, paano tayo mag- mag-encourage ng mga taong magbigay? No, it was, it was the, the first question was, paano natin i-control yung, yung selfish at pagkagahaman ng mga Pilipino? Okay, and that's very telling of the way that we see um, Filipino people. Okay. So, yung sinabi nyo na visibility, it's also very true. Okay? Kasi if you don't acknowledge the reasons that people are being forced out of their homes during a pandemic, then that's just you ignoring the very obvious you know, suffering of the Filipino people. Okay? So, yung address ni Duterte, na hindi niya ina-acknowledge, hindi pa niya binabanggit yung problema ng mga kababaihan, yung problema ng same-sex couples, ng LGBT community. Napakarami siya yung mga people living with HIV na nahihirapan kumuha ng kanilang medications. Hindi mo na binabanggit, dito-dito ng mga yan. Right, you're right, that's, that's uh, a matter of visibility. But you know, pandemic responses, presidential addresses, are not just a matter of visibility. It's also a matter of agenda setting and consciousness setting. So, if you don't mention them, hindi sila papasok sa isip ng mga tao. So, community pantries, ay, as, uh, as a lot of us may aware, is, may be aware of, it's a huge you know, community, community um, awareness avenue. Ang laki ng potential niya. A community pantry, like the Batatag Community Pantry, nagbibigay din sila ng mga libre sanitary napkins. So, ano ko sinasabi nun? Hello, may mga pangangailangan yung mga kababaihan na hindi acknowledge na dapat din natin binibigay freely. So, some states, for example, provide free sanitary pads or, or tampons or menstrual cups for women sa Pilipinas. Hindi, baliktad pa nga eh. Gusto natin may pink tax. 
dun sa mga produktong pang babae. So, it's a, it's a, it's a huge consciousness setting aside from, you know, visibility. Mm-hmm. But that's right, visibility. Mm-hmm. That's really a, something we need to talk about, tackle more in the Philippines, like, like how we view women's rights. Because when, when the community pantry of the sanitary napkins showed up in, online, it was like, Everyone is so shocked and surprised. Pleasantly surprised about it. It should really be something that we don't need community pantries for, we feel. Because if our government is doing their job, that shouldn't be a necessity for the people to like help. I mean, there's not, not, nothing wrong with helping, but like, I just wish we didn't have to rely so much on like, the Filipinos helping themselves all the time. And with that, I will segue to how this pandemic has affected the lives of the Filipinos, and especially those who are not as privileged, like what you've tackled in Kanina, and it's really in different social contexts. But these people kasi, who aren't as privileged, let's say, they really have to go outside to support their families. Like, they need to do they need to work because not all of us have the um have the luxury to work from home. Not all of us have safe working spaces or like not all not all of our jobs are better to be trans transmitted or like to be transitioned to a work from home basis. How is this issue supposed to be addressed given that given that our current vaccination statistics don't see light at the end until like a few years from now? Oh <laughs> Pressure, pressure, pressure. <laughs> pressure politics. So how can this be addressed? Pressure politics. I mean, we have already seen a lot of instances where it public pressure did its thing. No, not only on social media, but also I'm, I'm, I'm talking about huge social movements in the streets. We are now in a pandemic. Uh, the, our first, um, in our, our instinct, of course, is to, is to react on social media, but even, in seemingly harmless likes and, and retweets and go tweets and public politication on social media, may narating na siya na context ng pandemic. So, General Parlada, for example, is the spokesperson of the NDFL, who also who kept on red tagging uh, Patricia Non, was given a gag order to, to um, stop um, red tagging. So, parang, ha, that's very ironic, no? Kasi you have a spokesperson getting a gag order, hashtag only in the Philippines. Yung hashtag only in the Philippines ay example din ng self-castigating um, culture ng Pilipinas. But you know, that's the reality, eh. Kasi um, the irony of it all. And it shows that pressure politics work. Recently, in, in the University of the Philippines, one of our um, high-ranking university officials um was forced to resign because um, of of his um, viral tweet on community pantries as the cause of death of of a certain individual. When in fact, the cause of death of individual na yon, yung he was forced to to stand in line because he was Right. So, um, how can we address that? Of course, pressure, 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 pressure. Instinct, I social media, it works. If worse comes to worse, pinapati na din naman tayo ng gobyerno, then we can always take the streets. Okay, pressure politics uh, lang talaga yan. And pressure politics, of course, is founded on mutual trust and mutual care. 
Diba? So, at the end of the day, all boils down to mutual trust and mutual care. What's really hap- what's happening kasi is a lot of people think about social movements now in a very negative way kasi successful yung, yung state propaganda of, oh, huwag kayong mag-rally kasi social distancing. Yung mga nag-rally na yan, mga pasaway kayo na yan. But you know, rallying it's also a form of caring for other people and also a form of, you know, empathy. And the sooner that we recognize that these are not mutually exclusive, the better, the sooner we are able to get ourselves out of this pandemic, out of this botched pandemic response. Okay? Pressure politics founded on, 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 on trust, empathy, and care um, for other people. Yan lang talaga yun. So, wala kang nalang, wala, adyan yung mga public officials, ano gagawin mo? I-pressure sila. Diba? So, we are already doing our part. We can already see that, that the Filipino people can cooperate. Ang kulang na lang ay yung mga nasa posisyon para gawin yung trabaho nila. Hold on a second. Oh, nothing's wrong. I was just told to name drop our sponsor, Brianna Cosmetics, for a second time. There's no such thing as thanking someone too much, is there? <laughs> anyway, let's get back to our call. Yes, that's yes. true. It's, it's it's a it's a mutual thing. That, like if one doesn't if one doesn't work, it won't work. It's like a relationship now. Wow. <laughs> but what you know, Miss Ash, we have protocols in that, naman. And kahit that's the bare minimum that the government did for us. They set protocols. There are still violators of these protocols. Uh, those that violate curfews and all that. How do you think? What do you think is the best approach for the government to take with these violators of quarantine protocol? I mean, they disregard the curfews and they also don't mind the borders na because our uh, policies, they can be, they can be bended according to whoever wants to do stuff, you know? And not just the common Filipino, diba, Miss Ash. The rules answer to those who make them. So what do you think would be the best approach for the government to take with those deemed as violators of quarantine protocols, both the normal Filipino citizen and those that, you know? Well, ang ano dyan, ang pinaka-problema talaga ng Pilipinas, as with any country, ay yung kanya napaka-militaristic at napaka-macho um, pandemic response. So if you look at other countries who have been failing worse in, in responding to the pandemic, what do they have in common? They have populist, very macho, very misogynistic and militaristic um, rule. And um, when when the lockdown was announced, so unang-unang ginawa ni Duterte was to send military men with guns in the borders of Manila. So, pero sinasabi mo, eh, dapat ang unang mong ang una mong kinapacitate that in-empower ay yung mga healthcare professionals, hindi yung mga militar. Okay? So, um, yun yung pinaka-problema. So, para sa, para, and hindi lang ito yung, yung guns per se, ha? it also pertains to how we deal with curfew uh, and, 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 and quarantine violators. Um, I forgot the name eh, of this person. If I remember correctly, I may be wrong. Pero parang Ragos yung name niya. Yung, uh, si, ano, Winston Ragos po ba yun? Yun, si Winston yun. Ragos. Yung nasa labas ng bahay, tapos trigger warning. Tapos mm-hmm. binaril siya. Tapos mm-hmm. parang later on, they found out that meron siyang post-traumatic stress disorder. Kasi dati pala siyang uh, binadala sa gyera. Dati siyang member ng, ng, ng AFP. 
Okay? So, yun yung problema eh. Pag hindi maiintindi yung tao kung saan siya nanggagaling, tsaka yung iniisip mo lang ay guns, 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 punishment, 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 hindi talaga tayo matatapos. Kasi everything is a punishment in a public health crisis that is run by a macho leader. So, in Iloilo, for example, run by Mayor, Mayor Trenas, ang ginagawa noon, nung start of the pandemic, pag, pag, pag ikaw ay curfew violator, dinadala ha, dun sa isang safe space sa plaza with social distancing, pinapanood ka ng documentaries on COVID-19. Okay? Which is, you know, far more effective dun sa, as compared dun sa ginagawa ng ibang mga macho leaders dyan na punishment agad. Diba? So, oh, wala kang social distancing, hindi ka dito ikukulong kita. So, kulong mo lang social distancing. Okay? So, um, yun lang talaga yun. Do away with the militaristic um, macho response. Kasi, not to, ano ha, not to stereotype and to essentialize women and men. Pero meron kasi tayo tinatawag na feminized and masculinized rules. Yung mga masculinized rules ay yung mga traits stereotypically and usually ascribed to men. And these are really the traits that men have because this is how we raise them to be. We raise men to be aggressive. That's how they, 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 they turn out to be. We raise women to be caring. No, that's really, that, that tends to be the way that they um you know behave kasi that's how they are socialized kaya nga feminized instead of feminine characteristics kasi it's a process of making them that way right so um the pandemic is 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 um requiring more feminized approaches kasi it, it entails care eh? care of the self care of the body care of other mm-hmm. people it requires um you know a reexamination of feminized roles like friendship like relationship building, di ba? Like, family building. Na, na dinadisregard natin kasi nakapokus tayo dun sa napaka-masculinized characteristics of aggression, um, punishment, guns, um, rules, don't break them, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, actually, it's really interesting that you point out how there's like, you know, like there's more masculinized uh, approaches and feminized approaches. I actually have heard that yung current approach ng mga governments ngayon, like yung nagsasabing na parang it's all about like guns and punishment and like yung talagang magpapalabas sila ng mga taga-militar and everything. I've even heard that like, I've heard that they've used it, um, they used war rhetoric. Parang ganun yung pangalan. Remember that time when the character was like, out of COVID or something. Ayo. Yeah, he was like, he was like, Berlin and COVID or something. Oh, oh, yung ganon. Yeah. Actually, yeah, and like, it's not even just Duterte. As in, like, pati yung iba pang mga public officials, diba? Like, sila Roque and the like. And, uh, that being said, speaking of officials, what are your thoughts on how the government has handled the responsibility of holding public officials like the Bolsina, si Coco Pimentel, and si Ila Moka Uson uh, accountable. And um, do you, have you ever heard of any instances of government-enacted acts and policies that have violated quarantine protocols, yet they're still like condoned? Which is, you know, which doesn't shy away from what we were mentioning a while ago of of, of macho um, 
politics. See, a macho leader would always assume himself as ex- as the exception of the rule, as 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 the one who can break um, his own rules, as the one who is always right, and that also translates to his allies. And that's what we are seeing in terms of the do- of double standards. Dun sa mm-hmm. kapag um, kaaliado mo, okay lang. You can make excuses out of that. Pag hindi mo kaaliado, we will vilify and vilify and vilify. So that's mm-hmm. also one of um, the criticisms that Vice President Lenny Robredo has been getting. Because some of the initiatives of Lenny Robredo, ang hirap talaga i-follow yung social distancing. So, dinidemonize sila ng mga government propagandists, ng mga state propagandists. But at the same time, we are, we are forgetting that somebody celebrated his birthday without proper social distancing without even, you know, anybody to benefit. And noong pumutok yung issue ng birthday celebration ni Angel Luxin, yun yung sinasabi nila. So, o ba kayong mga anti-Duterte, bakit nung nag-birthday si Debolcinas, more more galit kayo? Pero kapag si Angel Luxin may namatay, hindi kinaggalit. Well, just think about the context and the intentions of the two birthday celebrations. The first is really a celebration with cakes and roses and party hats and beers and, and, um, tawag dito, blowing the candle even. Yung isa naman, wala kang ganun. Diba? Ito set up to benefit uh, more people. Hindi din sila kumanta ng happy birthday to you. And walang, and it was coordinated with the local government. Yung by the Bolsinas, hindi naman coordinated with the local government. It's just a matter of, you know, double standards talaga. Which doesn't shy, shy away from a, a, a macho government. That is that this administration is internationally known for I can't even count using my fingers um, the number of times that the Philippines made top global news for its botched pandemic response. So it made global news when Duterte threatened a residents of Sicho San Roque that um, they were going to be you know shoot on the spot for going out and decrying the lack of ayuda. Right? We made global news for that. We also made global mm-hmm. news for having the world's longest lockdown. Yes. So, yeah, Philippines. Yay, Philippines, indeed. But, you know, positively, well, positive. Let's end in a positive like, note. Not, <laughs> not yet, but in this pandemic, we've seen uh, how the Filipino people really work together, like, just recently all the community pantries popping out. It's like, the masses really working for the masses. But then again, between the government and the masses, we want to hear it from you, Ms. Ashley. Who should bear the responsibility of handling the pandemic? Everybody. <laughs> of course, everybody. Right? But, you know, you, you expect more from people who are in power and people who really handle the funds and people who are promising us certain things and people who we, you know, allow to make the policies for us. Um, the, the Filipino people are already doing their part. And I mean, for the longest time, we have been lifting each other up even without the assistance of our government. We did it in, during the Yolanda um crisis mm-hmm. we did it during um the we, ju- we did it in the in the last year during storms and flooding in different parts of the philippines we did it um first noong unang nagkaroon ng lockdown now community pantries we're doing it as an as an gobierno 
Yeah, but I mean, it can't even chase down the 15 billion PhilHealth funds laws. It, it, it can't even make somebody accountable with the corruption of the PhilHealth, which is very ironic because we are in a public health crisis. PhilHealth should be the institution that we, 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 we should be focusing because it's only only um, you know, remnants of a public health insurance system that we have in the Philippines. Tapos kanya tayo in a public health crisis na walang, walang accountable. 15 billion na wala. And we're not talking about money, we're talking about lives lost. Money na nawawala, lives lost. Imagine someone na, na, na dapat nakapagpagamot pero na turn away ng private hospital kasi walang, or napauwi ng private hospital kasi walang pambayad. Dapat nasagip yan eh, through field health pero hindi nangyayari kasi nga. Um, Tawag dito, nanakaw. And sa Pilipinas, dahil wala nga tayong efficient public health care system, you know, just one sickness can wipe away a family's savings. Can you imagine, um, ima- tatlo kami magkakapatid, ay, ay, tapos hypothetically speaking, lahat kami nag-ipon for 20 years of our lives. Yung tatay namin nag-COVID, of course, wala kami yung choice kung hindi spend ng spend ng spend yung money namin para yung tatay namin masurvive din yung COVID. At the end of the day, wala kaming pera. Okay? Kasi walang healthcare system na work for everybody here in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Sad. So, to keep the answer short, lahat tayo, pero ang nakikita natin, lahat tayo, pero hindi naman tayo pare-parehas ang kapasidad. Kasi may mga taong nasa posisyon na hindi naman gumagalaw. Mm. Yes, I, I, I absolutely like agree and everything. And it's really a shame to see na ganun talaga yung estado ngayon ng ating healthcare system and there is there's like so much like um gating it if you will between sa mga nangangailangan ba if you will so uh that being said we would like to ask you actually would you be interested in providing us your commentary and critiques about the current quarantine regulations of the government so far you know just give them some reads if you want Ganun. Well, ang iba-iba na kasi ang ngayon is ang, mm. ang quarantine protocol. So, hindi na ako, honestly speaking, ang hirap na maging up-to-date ng mga nangyayari. That's true. Like, ano, na, ano, ano na ba? I mean, pwede na ba, as, as, as someone coming from Ilocas, pwede na ba ako bumiyahe sa Maynila to get my things? Or, um, within 24 hours, kailangan ka ba mag-quarantine pabalik ng Ilocos? Ang hirap niya kasi pabago-bago siya. Of course, you know that we have a lot of memes for that. Yung, yung, ano yun? yung pinwheel yung na bubble. parang or <laughs> oo kung kung alin-alin na lang yun na lang so and yung mga terminologies MECQ meron pang ano yun meron pang flexible something community quarantine tapos parang nagkakapareho na yeah, yung gano'n truly <laughs> yeah. so wala talaga siyang wala talaga siyang sen hmm. at hindi talaga tayo nakaalagwa kasi you know other countries wala na silang mask. Yun talaga yung, yes, we're officially out of lockdown na ng mask. Uh, Australia's, you know, um, well, meron sa mga resurgence of cases, but for, for, you know, a relatively, relatively dahil, <laughs> buti pa sila, for, for a relatively, for a relative and significant period of time, tinanggal na yung, yung ano nila eh, COVID health protocols. Okay na, okay na mag, mag, mag mask gathering, okay na na hindi magsuot ng mask, New Zealand, no um and 
Philippines, of course, Taiwan. The Pilipinas, we never got out of lockdown, and we never truly understood the different classifications that the government has. Um, it's lockdown, but it made no sense already. I mean, personally speaking, it, it doesn't make any sense for me now to make myself really up to date with with all of these COVID, community quarantine protocols because they keep on changing. They're very arbitrary. Diba? So it depends on the whims lang of someone who is reprimanding you. So if kakilala mo yung police officer, edi okay. Kung hindi mo kakilala yung police officer, just ko. Kung ano-ano na lang sinasabi sa inyong rule, lugaw is not essential. It's also, of course, an epitome of that. Uh, you know, speaking of these encounters nga pala, um, what are your observations regarding ayun nga, the encounters between enforcers and violators that have, you know, turned violent, resulted in any deaths? Uh, what are your observations with these altercations ba? Hindi siya dapat nangyayari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kasi para bakit bumabarilin ate? Eh, bakit bumabarilin dahil lang nag, nag ng COVID-19 protocol? I mean, is anyone's life, um, does anyone's life equate to just social distancing. It's very unfortunate and, and, and you know, who gave you the audacity um, to decide whether someone else's life is still worth, um, you know, keeping or not. Eh, ang, ang hirap kasi yan, you know, this kind of government made certain, you know, professions um, able to decide over anyone's liberty and, and anyone's life, not only in terms of the pandemic, but also in terms of other things like the drug war, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, on the other hand, people who are frontliners, who are not getting the benefits that they should be getting, who are not getting you know, the support that they should be getting, trying their hardest, even sacrificing their own lives to save the lives of others. And we have, on the other hand, people who can just on a whim decide if your life is still worth it or not. That's very unfortunate. Um, and but but that doesn't that is not happening only here in the Philippines. That happened also in Indonesia, um, where in the COVID nineteen pandemic was used as an excuse to suppress the anger and the dissent of students in Indonesia. That that's happening also in India. Um, Modi um, is still. Uh, promoting mass gathering even if India is already recording 400,000 cases per day in India. So, but it's not a consolation. No? That's, that it doesn't mean that, that not because a lot of countries are also having a botched pandemic response because of militaristic government. I, okay, okay na tayo sa Pilipinas. Of course, that's the mindset that the government has. So, dahil may mga tao worse off than us, we should be okay. We should label us, ourselves as excellent. That's not the point. The point is, because we see similarities in other countries run by the same kind of macho administration, then we know that the problem is the administrator, not the citizens. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. It's like, you know, the problem is still there, if you will. Um, what makes the enforcement of these protocols so important in the eyes of the administrators of this government? And on the other hand, at what point does, does this enforcement become detrimental? For example, like, even with everything considered, you know, 
why does the administration, why does our government still decide to push through with how they currently enforce the policies and protocols that they have enacted so far on the country? Yeah, like, why do they need to, like, make people push up 100 times just because? Truly. <laughs> well, because that's, you know, that's... It's too early. So, why do they change? So, kung ayaw nila magbago, then kailangan nila umalis sa pwesto. Mm-hmm. Alright. Yeah, Thank you so much for your answer. Eh? Ayun. And I think we are up to our final question. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yay. Okay. Yes, because because of what you've said na like, kailangan nila magbago o kaya umalis sila sa pwesto. Let's go with the first one. Kailangan nila magbago. With everything considered, what would you suggest to be the proper response of the government to the pandemic? Like, in general, do you stand by the notions such as holding the administration as accountable and the notion of solution medical that has been going on since the start of last year? Yes. Yes na yes. Ang advice, ang advice na talaga dyan sa pagbago na kayo or mag-resign ka na, I you know, ask the vice president for pieces of advice. You know, the vice president is a small office doing wonders in our pandemic response without the budget for it, well, fueled only by citizens' trust um, and confidence. So, Duterte, humingi ka ng ano, advice kay Lenny Robredo. <laughs> oh my God, I love so, it. Why right. advice? Umalis ka siya sa pwesto mo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right, all right. So yeah, actually, I think that's everything. You know, all right. So thank you so much, Miss Ash Presto, for your time to impart such knowledge on the online listeners for tonight's episode. But yeah, we'll have to end it here. But despite that, I think our future listeners, once we release this podcast, we're going to be able to gather plenty of insights from this talk. And hopefully they'll be able to use this information in their public health journey. Yes, I'm pretty sure that it's not only our listeners, because Nina and I learned a lot. And it was really, really fun talking to you and like just having this conversation. And for that, we really thank you, Ms. Custo, for your time in today's podcast and we'd like to wish you well we hope you stay safe always thank you so, so much thank for you your so time. much <laughs> and <laughs> thank you so much okay. for doing this good yeah. night laban yeah, thank you thank yeah. you Wow, that was an insightful talk with our speaker today, ain't it, Miss Faye? Definitely. And one thing that struck me the most was when she was so, she was so out there. She was so blunt. She knows what we need and you do need it. Like whatever she said. Someone really needs to take advice from someone. <laughs> but how about you, Rina? What insights did you gain from the talk with Miss Presto? Uh, honestly, I, it's just, where do I even begin? But well, for me, it would be when she just opened us up, opened you and I up to so many new ways into looking at the current 
situation that we have going on right now with our pandemic, you know, like I never thought that, you know, when I would like look into like, oh, war rhetoric, you know, linguistics and stuff for like my literature classes and the like back then, or like looking into how, you know, policies work and everything in my normal political science classes. Now we're getting feminist insights. We're getting so many sociological concepts that are, that are all interconnected and they're still tied together and contribute to a greater narrative you know what i'm saying yeah that's so true because like indeed like what we always say in public health public health is so much more than just medicine it's like interdisciplinary and miss Mina just proved that it's like she's taking all of this into account and leading us on into how we can hopefully get out of this situation that we're in so that being said, third time's a charm, we would once again like to thank Brianna Cosmetics for being the sponsor for the premiere of our podcast. It was an honor to have you hit up the land line. Alright, so before we end, I would just like to announce to you listeners that there will be a second episode coming up this June. The next episode is, here's our name drop, Hidden Figures, set to help in discussing and learning about basic epidemiology principles. So make sure to stay tuned for our next guest speaker. That's exciting and that's right, Rina. Don't miss out on our second episode currently set to be released on June 7, 2021 via Spotify. We'll make sure to give you our ring on Project Land's social media pages. That being said, we would like to thank our partners, presenters, and guest speaker, and everyone else involved in the production of this podcast. Without them, making this podcast would not have been possible. And of course, thank you listeners for your time with us on the Land Line. This is Rina. And this is Faye. Now, hanging up, see you next time.